Welcome to the Anything But Square podcast. Today's podcast is a little bit different. Firstly, we are your hosts, Erin and Eleanor from Empty Esky. Now, Empty Esky is a project that we created on our kitchen tables in response to the bushfire crisis. Not only have we signed up over 600 places to support, we've also built up an online following of over 50,000 people on social media. Today, we wanted to share with you our story and take you on a virtual road trip and share with you three of our favourite esky fillers on the way to Gippsland from Melbourne. This podcast is a bite-sized taste of what you can put into your empty esky on your road trip this summer. Hope you enjoy. It was a bit of a surreal experience for you and I when we launched this on Jan 6. I think both of us had no idea that we would get the response that we did get, but it's been for me at least, I found it so encouraging to see the power of people, how people can unite in a time of crisis and really just show kindness to one another. Yeah, I think people were really looking for a way to help that wasn't just directly donating money to a charity. They actually wanted to get out there, get that foot traffic there. And the positivity that that foot traffic creates on a regional business is huge. Just to get that foot traffic back after such a super, super hard year for everyone. Um, now, coronavirus thrown into the mix of the bushfires. It's just so important more than ever. What do you think that the biggest challenge has been for MTSKI? Look, there's been several. I mean, it's such a, a new concept. You know, normally when a crisis occurs, uh, a charity or a donation is the normal way to c- contribute, to give back and to help the communities bounce back. But uh, you and I, we've done some work overseas before and we've seen that sometimes donations in the form of, you know, physical goods can actually do damage. And then you've got businesses who are trying to compete with all these donated products and we really wanted to find a way to avoid that. So, yeah, we kind of came up with this concept, put on Instagram, it's launched um, and just kind of educating people on a new way to help um, has been it's been amazing because people have really accepted it, but it's also, um, you know, there, there has been a lot of questions and people at the start, I guess, were trying to understand the concept, but it seems like people are really grasping it now, which is super encouraging. It's all about driving money back into regional tourism, particularly tourism in Australia, something that an industry has been hit so, so hard. And it's been amazing to see the MTSC community and fellow Australians really jump on board to help drive that response of recovery and we've seen so many amazing recovery stories come out of it I know we've both got all our favorites what is yours in particular well I think I can't go past the source story I know we bring it up all the time but Susan and Kev uh, who own the chicken shop in Bright contacted us I think it was on about day five of the campaign and you know unfortunately they had been evacuated from Bright and there was no way of them operating the shop at all. And on top of that, they had a huge power outage as a result of the fires, which meant a lot of their equipment was destroyed. So they had something like $20,000 worth of stock lost in the process too. So not only have they lost the bulk of their summer trade, they're now dealing with all the stock loss. So I remember Susan messaged our page and said, hey, we put together a few bottles of this sauce that we use in the shop. We're just wondering if maybe some of your followers would like to buy some. So we put it to the followers. And I think by the end of that first day, 500 people had purchased a bottle, which was just, it blew our minds. It really did. It was just so amazing to see people get behind a bottle of sauce and she messaged me a couple of days ago I think they've sold over 12,000 bottles now which is just incredible 
And I think that's the most important thing too for you if you're purchasing. It might feel like, okay, what's one bottle of sauce or one brownie going to do? But, you know, when you put that together and there's 500 people buying brownies, suddenly that becomes a real income source for a small business that is just has gone through hell this year. So every small purchase counts. I think it's the smaller ones that actually make the bigger difference. You don't have to go and purchase 200 of anything. You can just purchase one and that contribution in itself not only financially helps, but it also gives a bit of hope to a business owner that's doing it really tough this year. So we're heading to Gippsland from Melbourne on our virtual road trip and we always like to stop in Barnsdale on the way and grab some coffees, have a bit of a breather. It's a long drive and Northern Grounds is an amazing place to grab a coffee on the way. And we are chatting to Rob today, who's the owner at Northern Grounds. So hey, Rob. Hey, how are you? So Rob, can you tell us about Northern Ground and when you started it and what the heart behind it was? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, I arrived in Australia five years ago. There wasn't really anywhere to go or eat or anything down, down here in East Gibson, nothing great anyway. Um, so in 2017, I took over a country, country cafe, a real rundown country cafe and started implementing my own changes there in, in 2018. I rebranded and renovated to what is now Northern Ground, where we focus heavily and primarily on using local produce and also seasonal produce. Um, we're pretty lucky in East Gippsland to be surrounded by a uh, what's known as a food bowl. You know, we've got the ocean 20 minutes away, the mountains two hours away. We're surrounded by the best fish, the best meat, the best vegetables, fruit, everything. Everything you can get is pretty much on our doorstep. So, yeah, that's what I did. I went about sourcing as much as I could. Um, as locally as I could. Amazing. Now, your breakfast, lunch and dinner, is that correct? Yeah, breakfast, lunch, dinner. At the minute, because of COVID and the heavy restrictions were closed for dinners, at the minute we do a, uh, we, we do a special dinner every month, which usually sells out within the hour of it going on sale. So we've got a spring feast coming up at the end of this month. Um, yeah, we're pr- pretty busy. So as a new business, you know, first your business is obviously challenging in itself, but you've had to overcome quite a few interesting hurdles this year as well how has that been for you and the team it's definitely been challenging so first up came came the bushfires which pretty much wiped out our uh, tourist tourist trade so obviously East Gippsland is a real hot spot for um, certainly Melbourne people I've heard that a lot of businesses in your area the summer season kind of like Christmas New Year's some of the stores down there make up to 80% of their profit over those two weeks yeah absolutely and not so much here in Bairnsdale because we're a bit of a central hub but certainly Lakes Entrance and Painesville and further up the east coast and Malacoutra and places like that rely so much to get through the winter months on on the tourist trade um, we don't rely on it as much but it, obviously it's a major major focus for us we um, we've got a really good strong following of people from Melbourne we've had really good press up there so as I say, this summer was a complete write-off for us down here. Nobody was allowed to travel. Even if they wanted to travel, they weren't allowed to travel. So obviously myself, I, I, was, I was evacuated from home on two occasions, which meant I had to close here early to sort things out. So it, it was a real inconvenience for me. But compared to what people lost, like homes and, and businesses, you know, it's, it's nothing compared to those guys. But um, yeah, we, it, the, so the bushfires came and then we kind of almost got over that. And then COVID came and with the, we, we never actually closed, but um, the restrictions affected us dramatically. So, yeah, it's pretty tough down here right now. But, um, you know, we're pretty confident that come this summer, um, we'll definitely get the tourists back. And, yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be welcome more than ever. 
Now, how can people in Melbourne support you and your team to bounce back? Like, obviously, coming to visit over summer, but are there other things that we can do from Melbourne to help you and the Northern Ground team? Oh, not not so much um, directly right now. You can buy vouchers from uh, gift vouchers and things like that, but it's more just as soon as you guys are allowed to come, just get down here and um, spend your dollars that you've been saving up. I'm sure in uh, in lockdown, we've got a lot of, lot of things going on here now. We've we're doing a gourmet Gippsland picnic box, which is perfect for this region and boating and and uh, people going on hikes and things like that. So there's a lot of lot of new initiatives going on as a result of COVID. We've had to adapt, and uh, yeah, a lot of good things are going to come out of it. I'm sure. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for the coffees today, Rob, and for the couple of esky fillers. If you're heading down to Lakes Entrance from Melbourne, you have to stop by Northern Grounds. Thank you so much, and we will see you soon. Thank you. I love getting a coffee and snacks on a road trip. I reckon it's probably one of my favorite parts. That was such a good coffee. So, so yum. We have to stop at Sea Salt as well and grab some bread. Oh, and my favorite would have to be the coffee and date. Honestly, that with some Gippsland Jersey butter is amazing. So let's go chat to Andrew and grab some. Hey, Andrew, how are you today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, can you tell me a bit more about Sea Salt Sourdough and about how long you've operated? So Sea Salt Sourdough was started by myself and my wife. We uh, we run out of our, our house in uh, Swan Reach, which is in between Lakes Entrance and Bansdale. Uh, we've been doing it now for the last 18 months. Basically, we we like to uh, make a, a, a traditional product. So we're, we're going back to the old days of uh, when bakers... Uh, made their own uh, leavening agents. So instead of buying a commercial yeast, we, we make it ourselves, uh, which is the sourdough. Uh, we, we like to use traditional methods, um, but with a bit of a modern twist. And we um, yeah, we've got a range that satisfies the, the local market. We started doing it simply because uh, I was working in cafes and, and restaurants in the area. And I found it very hard to, to source a, a locally produced product that was um, suitable for for the entire market. So we decided to start doing it ourselves. Amazing. And now tell me about the range that you have, because I know for me, whenever I go down to Lake's Entrance, your sourdough is one of the highlights for me. I love the coffee and date one. I think that's definitely one of my favourites. But what other types of uh, sourdough do you offer? We uh, divide our sourdoughs up into into uh, different styles of wheat. We will do a, 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 a normal baker's white, one that is made with heritage flour, um, which is white, white, that most people like, um, uh, that the kids like to have as sliced for, for school sandwiches and the like. Uh, we also do ones that are made with spelt or a percentage of spelt and stone milled uh, flour. Uh, the spelt 100% spelt is really good for people with uh, low FODMAP uh, diets. We do a, a, a grain one that is um, with seeds and grains that's mixed throughout. Uh, we also do um, uh, a Corison Life for a sardine restaurant in the area, and that's only available through them. We also do rye. In the date coffee, there's wattle seed. We uh, purchase our wattle seed through Melbourne Bush Food in um, Hayden is doing some great work there in the native spice space. If anyone out there is uh, looking at getting ingredients uh, that are that are native uh, spices or ingredients, um, he he's 
you know, a great person to, to source those things from. Amazing. And where can we find your bread? So obviously you bake from your house, so you have the little bakery at the back, but where um, where can we find your bread in the towns? Because I know you supply in Barnsdale. There's a couple of places in Lakes Entrance too. Yeah, we actually supply it all the way out to Sale. And, um, so coming going from Sale, we, we have uh, Padula uh, Deli in Sale, uh, Pickle Pot and Mafra. In uh, Bansdale, we supply to David Luke's, to Truly Fresh, and to New Leaf Cafe. We um, we also supply to Funky Monkey in Lakes Entrance. Um, you can pick it up also at Meetung Village Store. The other way people can uh, purchase from us, they can purchase online and order it and pick it up from various locations that they select. There's a variety of cafes and restaurants that we also supply to that would be more than happy to sell a loaf to people if they would wish to to buy it. Now, can you tell me a little bit about this year? Like I can imagine as well, you're a fairly new business um, and then starting up, getting ready for a big summer and then suddenly a massive bushfire crisis occurred. So how does that affect you? and sea salt sourdough. So we were anticipating having quite a busy period. Um, I've worked in restaurants, cafes in the area for the last couple of seasons. I understand how busy it does get here. So we were anticipating it being extremely busy and that was going to be a really good boost for our business. So to lose pretty much 13 weeks of the of the summer period uh, was a bit devastating to a, a fledgling business. It was challenging to say the least. So we, we came up with different strategies to uh, overcome what we uh, what we were trying to aim at. We didn't make up what we had completely lost, but we did make up something to keep us afloat and keep ourselves afloat and also build some really good networks with the, the other local suppliers. Amazing. So how can people best help you? Because obviously this summer is going to be quite busy. We're already seeing, you know, so many people ready to hit the road and visit um, pending restrictions being lifted. However, is there anything else people can do to help you guys recoup what you have lost this year? Absolutely. If people support the businesses that we support, that would be the, the best thing. So getting um, direct support ourselves is not the main thing. We're, we're doing not too badly for a business that's just started in the area. But if uh, people could support our local restaurants, cafes, uh, our local retailers, that would go a long way to helping us because th that's how we get our business. So if they could go into a David Luke's or into Truly Fresh or they could go and have a meal at Sardine Restaurant or uh, one of the other many fine establishments that we have in our area and either purchase a loaf of our bread or someone else's it doesn't matter to just give support to our area would be a, a massive boost um, to uh, give some confidence back in the area since uh, the summer bushfires. Mm. And also that's I guess what the beauty of MDSG is you can have it while you're on holidays in town and then you feel your rescue and you can take it back home and share it with your friends and family too and show them what you've discovered on your holiday. Yeah absolutely it's about awareness of the area we, we have fantastic suppliers and producers in this area people just got to come out and see them and if people can take them back and show their friends and family back here where they're coming from uh, to encourage them to come to the area that would go a long way to helping our area out to get back on its feet 
Well, I am looking forward to grabbing a loaf of coffee and date sourdough and sharing it with my family and friends back at home. I'm looking forward to you coming and purchasing it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today and for sharing about your journey with sea salt sourdough. We hope to send lots of eskies your way this coming summer. How about Lightfoot and Sons? I hear they've got an amazing cellar door happening and a beautiful view to accompany some afternoon snacks and a wine. Yes. So we're standing in the cellar door in person and we're actually talking because Dan has allowed us to leave our homes. Rob, how are you? Thanks so much for having us here today. Thanks, Arnold. Nice to see you again. Thanks for coming down to um, sunny East Gippsland. Oh, we love it here. And, you know, we want to make sure that we stop by because Lightfoot and Sons is one of our favorite wines. So, you know, it doesn't get a lot better than this. Look at this view. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming out. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, this whole cellar door setup is, is still relatively new for us. It's only been open for a couple of years, but we love getting people out here to show them around and, you know, show them the, show them the way we, um, grow the grapes and and how we make the wine here and um yeah there's nothing nothing better than actually seeing it in person you know you can see the vineyard you can see the winery talk to winemakers and it's um you know it's great i think it's it's the best way to do it definitely so tell us a little bit about lightfoot and sons where to start well i i mean it really all started with my parents you know originally they were from melbourne but they moved to gippsland you know probably even well before tree changing was cool like they um they left, I don't know, in the seventies or something. And um, then they bought a farm in the early nineties. And on this farm, the, the the limestone cliff that you can see out from the cellar door um, is really like the striking feature of the farm. And um, once they realized they had this limestone um, soil structure, or it's, it's actually known as terra, terra rosa over limestone, which just means sort of red earth over the limestone substrate, they were kind of introduced to the idea of growing grapes because it's it's a really great soil structure for viticulture. So in the mid-90s, in 1995, in fact, they planted a vineyard and over three years they um, planted out the whole vineyard that you can see today and they started growing grapes. And then you sort of fast forward to about 2007, um, so my brother and I were still at school then. We'd been away, we'd studied and you know mum and dad were looking for a bit of a change and um you know my brother tom and i were sort of figuring out what we were going to do and they suggested taking over the vineyard and you know like tom and i were keen but we sort of wanted to make wine more than more than anything so um we took on the vineyard but in just instead of just selling grapes like mum and dad had always done we moved in the direction of making wine as well so in 2007 we made a little bit of wine and then every year since then we've made more wine and sold less grapes and now we're pretty much at the point where we uh, use all the grapes that we grow for our own Lightfoot and Sons wines. Amazing. What kind of wines do you have here? Like what are you best known for? We're best known for Pinot Noir and that's like that's probably true for almost everyone in Gippsland. Every vineyard in Gippsland has got at least some uh, Pinot Noir growing and like us most have a lot growing in fact more than half of our vineyard is planted to Pinot Noir and that's just because it's very well suited to the the cool coastal climate um so all along Gippsland particularly the coastal areas um there's a lot of Pinot Noir planted and we do Chardonnay and Shiraz as well and then we've got a handful of other little bits and pieces but um I guess Gippsland is really famous for Pinot Noir and so we've we really um you know we've really 
sort of gone pretty hard down that road like everyone else and it's great that it's you know Pinot Noir is as popular as it is these days it's sort of it's, it's worked out well because back when we first started you know the Australian wine industry was all Shiraz and Cab Sav and Pinot Noir was l like the smallest niche and you know now it's um you know it's a wine style that people are very familiar with and a lot of people really love and so it's yeah it's it's kind of worked out nicely amazing so people visiting you uh, at the light foot and stone cellar door you guys have platters here you have food here what else can we get at the cellar door well yeah the, the food and the wine and the view that's kind of the main combination that people uh come for in fact we're really pleased like with our food offer we, we don't have a full restaurant or anything like that but we call it our taste of east gippsland platter but we work together with some um some great uh local foodies i think you've just been in at northern ground and seen rob but Tanya over at the Long Paddock and Mark and um, Mark and Victoria down at Sardine. We work with those three restaurants and they, they all put together like a little signature dish and um, we have it in these little pots on our tasting board. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice little share tasting plate um, that has some other East Gippsham produce on there, that the sea salt sourdough and um, some Mafra cloth age cheddar. And then we have our own Shiraz paste, which is, Kind of like a quince paste but we use our own shiraz grapes for that and so it's all it's all local produce and um it's a really nice cross-section of all the um all the different things you can do around here and so you know i guess we don't have a full restaurant but it's a really nice plate to share and it goes really nicely with our with our pinot noir and the chardonnay and shiraz so um it's pretty popular for people to come out they do the tasting flight with those three wines they have the um, share plate between two and it's yeah it's a really nice Nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon, particularly if the weather's nice and you can sit outside on the deck and, and see the view and everything. And that's why we're excited to be here. And I guess that's also one of my favourite parts about coming down to Gippsland because you can walk into a hospitality business and it's such a community. You all celebrate each other's produce and you all showcase it so beautifully and it's so amazing. We've actually just filled our esky up with some sourdough from Sea Salt. It's the best sourdough around here in my opinion. So, Rob, 2020 has been really hard for everyone, but particularly for a lot of businesses down in Gippsland. How has this year been, starting with bushfires going into COVID? How have you and the Lightfoot team gone this year? Yeah, look, Erin, it really has been one of the toughest years we've ever we've ever known. The, the bushfires were were just massive, um, and if you look to the north of where we are now, there's a, there's a hill just on the other side of the car park, and you know the fires were, were literally just on the other side of those hills, and um, you know, we're, we felt like we're under fairly imminent threat a lot of the time. Um, you know, there were times when we even slept in the winery because we thought we were, you know, under ember attack and we were worried that, you know, the vineyard and the house and the winery and the sheds were all going to catch on fire. And it was, yeah, it was stressful. Um, and, you know, we were lucky because we were always sort of on the, on the, I guess, the western edge of the main fire zone. Um and when it really got bad, we were very fortunate with wind changes and it was literally just down to, you know, the, the winds sw switching to a north westerly, which was in our favour. If it had been a northeasterly, you know, it would have been disastrous. And But, you know, like our good fortune was someone else's bad luck and um, so many properties to our east were really heavily impacted and, um, you know, some areas were almost like wiped off the map and it was, it was really awful. Um, and you know you, you sort of then just get out of that and then with the whole coronavirus thing happening on top it's it's like it's you know you wouldn't 
you wouldn't read about it you know it's it's like how much how much bad stuff could happen in one year um and it's you know the bushfire for east gippsland was was a massive impact like obviously everyone who's fight you know who had fire directly impacted on their property lost so much um but then the the effect of that was even broader because east gippsland is quite a um you know, with the Gippsland Lakes here, we're a very tourism operated, tourism orientated um, economy, or at least tourism is a big part of the economy, I should say. And, um, you know, so from just before New Year's Eve, when the worst of the bushfires started flaring up, you know, everyone around here was evacuated. All, all the tourists from, um, you know, from Malakuta through to Lakes Entrance and Meetung and Painesville, they're, they're all told to leave. And, um, you know, for, the hospitality industry that we work really closely with they were you know they were really um that, that's a huge setback for them because january school holidays is like the busiest time of year for here um but also just the the broader tourism industry because it's a you know it's accommodation it's it's everything else that that goes with um you know the, the big influx of tourists around here for the, for the summer holidays so to have that whole period of trade you know taken out of the equation um, has really set a lot of the businesses around here back quite a long way. So, you know, I think everyone's got their fingers crossed for a good summer this year, you know, no bushfires, no other catastrophes. And, um, you know, I think people are starting to feel a little bit more optimistic now, but it's, yeah, it's been a really rough ride through 2020 to this point. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine. But hopefully a big summer with lots of visitors will help everyone uh, bounce back and recoup at least a little bit what was lost last season. So thank you so much for having us and thank you for the amazing view and the cellar door. I'm super excited to have a glass of Pinot Noir and to try this amazing Gippsland produce. Thanks so much, Matt. Great. Thanks for coming out. Very excited to take a glass, a bottle, in fact, of Pinot Noir back home in my esky. So thank you. You're welcome. It's a really exciting time for everyone in Australia to start getting down this way and experiencing this area. And it's a super simple, easy thing to do as well. You literally just have to get in your car and go. That's all it is. And bring an esky, bring your reusable bag, whatever it is that you want to take. Just make sure you take some produce home with you because your pantry definitely needs it. You won't regret it either. And have fun. Just enjoy what's on offer down this way. You're going to have the best time and know that you're helping at the same time as well. So if anyone wants to get involved, you can follow us on Empty Esky on Instagram or Facebook. We're always posting out businesses there where places you can go visit around Australia. But also on our website, emptyesky.com.au, we have a brand spanking new map where you can actually plan your own itinerary and it'll be sent right to your email. So make sure you check it out. And if you are on the road taking photos, tag us in it because we'd love to find the new goodies that you find and help shout out about new businesses. Now that's a wrap for our virtual road trip today. Fed Square, thank you so much for having us. Now, new episodes of Anything But Square are released every single Wednesday and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and sign up to receive the FedSquare newsletter as well. You can find out more on fedsquare.com. Take care and we'll see you on the road soon.